Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. New year, new episodes. I am excited about everything that's going to be coming out this season. We have some really great episodes for you. Today's topic is how to get unstuck, both spiritually and professionally. I'm joined by Elizabeth Pearson. After 15 years in corporate sales working for brands such as Vitamin Water and Coca-Cola, Elizabeth Pearson felt spiritually bankrupt. She made a huge pivot and began a career focused around helping women navigate the landscape of various male-dominated fields. As an executive coach, Elizabeth spends her days getting women unstuck to rise both spiritually and professionally. Elizabeth is the author of the book Career Confinement and the host of the Working Mom's Guide to Sanity podcast. Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tara. I'm excited to chat again. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So your passion is helping women, and mostly moms, try to break free from self-imposed cages of mediocrity. God, I love that phrase. (laughs) I love that phrase. Elizabeth, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, well, so, I mean, I feel like I had a pretty traditional path. I grew up in the suburbs of Missouri, went to school, checked all the boxes my parents wanted me to check, and then started this career that I kind of defaulted into in sales. And I worked for Vitamin Water when it was just a startup. And I think that was really kind of feeding an unbeknownst to me entrepreneurial spirit that was trying to grow because I just kept working for these startups. And then I would help build them until they were acquired by big companies. And then I would stay on for a couple of years and then get really sick of like the corporate grind and the politics and then leave and go to another startup and build it. And all of that was going great. You know, I had the handsome husband, the two kids, the house in the suburbs of Chicago. I had lived in the city for a few years. So I checked that box. And literally one day I just kind of looked to the sky and I just felt this longing for something else. I just didn't want to default into this life that like so many other women were in. And the only thing was like, they seemed perfectly content. So I started asking myself like, well, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be content with this too? Because I'm looking around and everybody else is pretty happy. And I didn't really feel like I was keeping up with the Joneses, but if you were, I felt like we were the upper echelon of it. You know what I mean? I wasn't struggling in any way, but I just had this epiphany and it was a moment where I just decided to listen to my heart and my soul. And I feel like my spirit was being dutiful for a lot of years. And a lot of years I told her to just sit down and shut up because I was climbing ladders. I was having babies. I was working out all the time. I was doing this stuff. And one day that little girl, that little spirit came forward and she, she saw a window to get through to me that day. And she, she shot her shot and said, this isn't good enough. And I need you to listen to me now. And that was really a moment where I did start listening to her. And I just thought, is this, is this it? And like, if this is it and I'm going to die and this is what I have to show for it, which is fine. You know, a great career and a beautiful family is not nothing, but I just, 
I wanted to like kick the door down of something. I just wanted to change everything. So within about a year of that, we manifested a move from Chicago to beautiful Southern California. I live in Laguna now. And then once we got here, that wasn't good enough. So I left my corporate gig, walked away from a lot of money and had this moment of like, okay, now what? And I just knew I never wanted to work for anybody else again. I never wanted to live in the Midwest again. And I just needed to radically change everything. So it was probably a midlife crisis. <laughs> midlife crisis even earlier than actual midlife. Yeah, I think I was like 35, you know, and my kids were like four and one. So, and I don't know if other moms listening have had these moments where it's like you had a good product idea or a business idea and you're like, but I'm about to get pregnant again, or I'm about, you know, I got these toddlers, so I really can't start a business. So I had been telling myself that for years. I actually had this idea for a granola company. This was when I was working for Pirate Booty, and a lot of my friends had gone to Kind Bar. And so I had I was making this granola. I actually had a focus group test it. They loved it. Like I had packaging, like I was ready to go. And then I looked at my husband, I'm like, but we're going to have a baby like in a year, like we were going to move to the suburbs and start trying to have a baby. And I just thought this is going to have to wait. And then wouldn't you know it, Tara, probably five years later, I'm shopping at Whole Foods. And there I look on the shelf, there is Elizabeth Granola. This chick sold, built and sold this granola business and sold it for like, I want to say like 35 million or something to Kellogg's. And it was this moment of like, nope, I can't do it because if I don't do it, somebody else is going to do it. And I'm sure we've all had that moment. There's a baby product you thought of. There's something that you thought of and you just didn't act. And I think that those ideas kind of like are in your vortex for a while. But if you don't grab them and pull them down, somebody else, they will float on over to somebody else and somebody else will do it. So that was another wake up call was like, okay, I can't, I can't watch somebody else do this stuff just because I have kids. So when we moved to California, the kids had, Vivian had just turned two and Delilah was four. So I left my in-laws who came over twice a week to babysit. I left my best friend who lived one block away. I left my sister who had two kids the same age. Like I left a lot. We left a lot, but I look back on it and it was the best decision we ever made. I love that. I think that story, your story resonates with so many moms. As you were as you were describing it, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like it checked off so many different boxes. When my son was a toddler and he was potty training, this was actually before I started Modern Mom Probs, I had the idea of, and I'm just going to say this now because someone can take this idea because I've moved on past it, but disposable pants for potty training. And, and it would be the material that was sort of similar to like what you see in the hospital for like gowns and, and clothes, but like cut to babies so that when they have an accident, you're not having to wash their poopy clothes, that they are more disposable clothes. I still haven't really seen that anywhere, but that was my idea back in the day. I mean, I kind of love it. And because what we did with the training, we did the whole like three days, no pants. Us too. And they just wandered yes. around. And isn't that great? I, I feel like more people need to talk about that. I see so many women still changing diapers when their kids are like five. And it's like, oh, well, they just wear a diaper to poop. And I'm like, but then you're cleaning up the poop. I'm like, at some point, can we all just agree to just rip the bandaid off? Because I tell you, I swear these women, I'm like feeling for them because they're, they're prolonging their suffering of diapers. 
Yes. So yes, I loved I the three day weekend. See, that's what I thought. I mean, like I hadn't worked through like the whole concept of it, but we were blowing through, no pun intended. We were blowing through pants and I was like, I don't want to wash that. I just threw them out. I was like, I'm not going to wash these. <laughs> and, and I was like, I would rather them just be the disposable ones. So anyway, so that was my idea. But everything that you were saying about like feeling dutiful, you know, d- checking off the things, the, the boxes in your life of, oh, getting married, having a house, having the kids, having the career, all of those things the things that we should be doing and then having our voice. I loved how you described her is having your spirit say, but wait, maybe there's more like this is all well and good and and we're grateful for this, but maybe there is more. Right. And I think too, I liken these little spirits in us as it's like, if you have like a child that's maybe between five and seven years old and they run up to you and they're like, mommy, can I get ice cream? You know, they're like so excited. Maybe there's the ice cream cup or something. And you're like, you can either in that moment be like, you know what? We're going to do one better. We're going to go get ice cream at Six Flags or we're going to go get ice cream at Disneyland today or we're going to go get ice cream. You know what I mean? Or we tell her, no, maybe some other night you can have ice cream. It just totally takes the wind out of her sails. And I feel like our spirit is running to us with these ideas and these visions all the time. And we have to decide whether we're going to get the ice cream for her and really indulge it, or we are going to say to her and therefore ourselves, now's not the right time. We can't do this right now. We'll do that some other time. And I just feel like with the way the world is right now, yes, it was always this tomorrow was never promised kind of like mentality, but by God, if we is, it it isn't in our face really closely today. Tomorrow is not promised. And I think when you deny what your soul wants you to do, it breeds dis-ease. All of these women, you know, I know that there's a lot of things and I'm not going to, you know, say cancer is the, is the cause of this, but I really do believe that it will manifest in our physical bodies. You will get cancer, you will get IBS, you will get something because that little girl is sick of being quiet and she starts throwing tantrums. And I think those tantrums can result in actual physical chronic illness. Yeah. I want to talk about connecting spirituality with your work? Because that is something that you speak about quite a bit in your work. Can you walk me through that a bit? Well, I think it's so funny. I'll I'll kind of like back it up a step. When I was writing my book, Career Confinement, I had editors and agents saying, you have to pick a lane. It's business or it's self-help or it's spirituality, right? Self-help spirituality. And I said, but it's all of it. And they said, no, but we we literally have to put you on a shelf at Barnes and Noble. So you have to pick one and you need to lean in and be 80% that 20% the other. And I was just like, no, I'm not, we can't because to me, and I'm sure Tara, you see it too. Like they're intertwined. Like, absolutely. I think it's really, it's really hard to have a deeply fulfilling career and feel like you're making an impact and you're, you're working quote unquote on purpose if that little girl, if that soul isn't excited about it. So like all of these women dragging behind to sit on a Zoom all day or to go do something that they don't love, I feel like is really muzzling your soul because I think that they're really one and the same. I don't think we can just bucket it as career and spirituality. So what I say to people is if you're one of these people who has Sunday scaries or you start to dread the week, or you really are just like living for the weekend, I think that you need to ask yourself, like, well, what would she do? Like, what would that inner voice do if she had the opportunity? And if you're a wannabe entrepreneur, I think it's great to imagine you have $500,000 of capital 
This isn't money to go spend, you know, on clothes. This is capital to start a business. What would you do with it? Right. And that's how we can kind of let her come through is start daydreaming, start journaling, follow your jealousy. That was in a book that I read by Rachel. Oh, I'm going to think of the name. Maybe we can put it in the links. Oh, is everyone should be a millionaire. That's what it is. And she said, follow your jealousy. So if you have a girlfriend who has like some great job in fashion, follow that, like lean in, ask her how she got there. I think that women tell themselves it's too late, like that they've already gone too far down a road. They can't back it up and turn around. And like, if you really think that, then what, what the hell are we doing here? Like, what are we doing? Like, if we can't change our mind of what we want to do for eight to 10 hours a day, I think that that's a mindset that needs to be examined. Yeah, a thousand percent. That's interesting that you're saying that because now that I'm just sort of like thinking about my own timeline, I think I was 36 when I started Modern Mom Probs. So I was not a baby. You know, I, I did have a career obviously before that. I worked at Nickelodeon before that. And so I have background in social media, but you're right. Like you shouldn't tell yourself, oh, I'm too old. Oh, it doesn't make sense now. It's like, yeah, follow that. Follow that jealousy. Calling all parents of tiny titans, future CEOs, and mini movers and shakers. Is your little one a whirlwind of big dreams and even bigger tantrums? Do they have the potential to be unstoppable but lack the tools to navigate the everyday chaos? Then buckle up because Tapouts, the ultimate kids coaching program, is here to unleash your child's inner champion. Tapouts isn't about karate or soccer drills. It trains kids in building resilience, confidence, and communication skills that last a lifetime. Their expert coaches, who are basically superheroes in disguise, will help your child harness their energy to channel their power into positive action, face their fears by equipping them with the tools to overcome challenges and build emotional muscle. Forget tantrums and misunderstandings. Tapouts fosters clear communication, empathy, and healthy relationships. Discover their passions, whether it's building robots, painting masterpieces, or saving the planet. Tapouts helps kids find their spark and ignite their unique talents. Tapouts isn't just a program, it's a community, a village of supportive parents, empowered kids, and coaches who believe in your child's magic. So, ready to watch your little one tap into their full potential? Visit tapouts.com today and unlock a free trial session. P.S. Don't forget, the seeker code is TARA50 for 50% off your first month. Or worse, people are like, well, I'll just hang on because I'm going to retire when I'm 55 or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, so now we're kicking the can down the road and we'll start living once we retire. And I think one of the benefits of like TikTok is that I've, maybe it's the algorithm feeds it to me, but there's these people who get interviewed. Like if you could go back and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? And particularly the women say, you know, I wish that I would have traveled when I was younger. I wish I would have taken more risks because I'm sorry. I don't want to be on some sad Viking cruise when I'm 70 seeing Europe. I want to do that shit now. Like I, you know what I mean? I do. And I'm laughing because my husband recently read a book called Die With Zero. I don't know if you've read this, but- I have not, but I- 
but you're familiar with it. it. Yes. And so that has been our new thing, at least this year is to, I mean, not necessarily totally die with zero, but really start living now. You know, we're 43 years old and we're in the prime of our lives and we have a lot of opportunities and we have the health and we can get out and do those things. And it's like, why should we just like you said, kick the can to try to retire early. And I'm using that in, in quotes, you know, these people always do like this fire thing. And it's like, yeah, but then like, what are you going to do every day for the rest of your life at 50 years old? So yeah, enjoy, if you have the opportunity to do it, and if you're in a position to do it, enjoy yourself now. Yeah. But I think like the most, the biggest request people have when they come to work with me as a client is, They say they want more money or they want a promotion or maybe they climbed the wrong ladder. But at the end of it, Tara, everybody just wants freedom. Like people don't feel free in a job that they hate or even a job that is like, well, it pays really well, but I don't love it. Like, I mean, that's the scariest place because people who hate their jobs are motivated. They will likely get on out. But it's this trance of mediocrity, right? This cage where it's not as bad you know, on the book cover is a tiger's face with these bars kind of over it, but it's really a shadow. The bars aren't actually there. So I feel like for women, we need to really understand that, yes, we're in this cage and maybe every once in a while somebody throws in a pillow or something to make it a little cushier. Maybe that's your $50,000 bonus. Maybe that's whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I think you really need to ask yourself, am I in a cage? right? Am I in a cage? Maybe I'm still in the hometown I grew up in. And therefore people will always see me as 22 year old me and not what I want to be. Am I living in a cage of self-hatred for my body? My God, I've lived in that cage too. It sucks, right? Am I living in a cage where my job is just okay, but it ain't great. And I'm not, I go out to wine night with girlfriends and they ask what's going on. And I really don't have anything to say. Like, I feel annoying because when I go out with my girlfriends or my husband, I am just like, probably like you, like, here's what's going on this month. This is (laughs) what I get to do. I just met this amazing person. I just did this great show with Tara Clark. I did all of this stuff. And they're just kind of sitting there and I feel bad for them. Like, yeah, I got to go to a conference in Orlando in a month, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Like, there's just not a lot going on and I'm not judging those people. That's great. But I'm sad. I feel sadness for them because I don't think they're excited about their lives. And I think once we kind of conform to that, they're in the cage. Like a lot of my girlfriends are in cages and they know it. Some of them know it. Some of them have drunk husbands. That's another cage. You know, some of them have children with special needs and this is no diss on the kids, obviously, but like that's a cage. And I think, and that might not be one that you can get out of. That might be one that you can get extra support for yourself. But I think the awareness of I don't have freedom over my life is one of those epiphanies. And it sounds like we had our breakthroughs, if you will, around the same age, 35, 36. It was like, wait, what am I doing here? So I bet everybody's had that who's listening to this. It's just, what did you do with that information? I think that's really what it is. What would be your advice to someone who says like, you know, I'm just stuck at this job. I've been here. Like it, this is just all there is for me. Wow. Well, I would say, don't you think you deserve better? Like, and this is the beauty of moms is we have this wonderful reference of our children. Would you say that to your kid? If they came to you and said, even if it was a school, If they were like, you know what? I really don't feel like I'm accepted here. I don't feel like I belong. Well, by God, 
all of these moms listening would try to figure out something. They would get them a helper. They would explore other schools. They wouldn't say, you have to sit in this for 10 to 15 years until it's time to move on, which is what we say to ourselves about retirement or whatever. It's like, well, we'll just put up with it and maybe we'll try to have extra fun on the weekend to balance it out. Like, so I think first you need to really assess what you think you deserve because I really do believe that the manifestations around you are a direct reflection of what you believe you deserve. So if you believe you deserve a mediocre job, by God, the universe is just going to like, yep, sure you go. And if you believe that you deserve to drive a Honda instead of a Range Rover souped up or whatever, not that I even like Range Rovers, but whatever, then that's what you're going to get. And I think a lot of people can say, no, 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 I want the Range Rover. Okay, but do you believe you deserve the Range Rover? Like it's two very different things. So I think you start there. And if you say, yes, I believe I deserve a better job than this. I think you try to assess your current job and see if there's, quote unquote, any salvageability to it. Is there any meat on the bone? Is there anything we can get from it? Do you have an open boss, but maybe you just like haven't communicated your needs that like this part of my job I really dislike? Is there any way to offload that so I can spend more time in my zone of genius, which is strategy or, you know, marketing or whatever it is? Like, is there some tweak that you can make to your job? And if you've gone to those measures and there really isn't, then I think like ladies, we need to tighten up our LinkedIn's. Everybody should have a rocking LinkedIn so that you can like attract inbound opportunities. Recruiters need great candidates and women have a very hard time listing their accountability, like all of their accomplishments on LinkedIn. I'll tell you, people pay a lot of money to work with me. And I'm like, all right, let's go through your list of, let's list out your accomplishments. And then we're going to choose some to put on LinkedIn. And they'll be like, well, no, I mean, I don't want anybody to see that and think that I'm bragging or to think that like I did that by myself. I was just part of a team. And I'm like, right. But if you're part of a team, you were responsible for that result, like by definition, right? So I think like we need to start being more visible. You need to start posting on LinkedIn. You need to start commenting. Don't just like other people's stuff. Comment, get some eyes on you. Like, so your SEO can go up. I have a LinkedIn course, which is incredibly economical if people want to take it, like, or just go on YouTube. There's so many YouTube free videos on how to update your LinkedIn. But I think that will help build your confidence because it will bring all of your accomplishments front of mind when you're doing this. And you will start to get inbound requests from recruiters. Like the market is hot right now. And I think if this is a great time to jump, and it hasn't been in the last couple of years, but now is a great time to jump. LinkedIn's really having a moment. It is like a hot, hot thing lately. I only just yeah. recently got, I, I was on LinkedIn years ago and then I got off LinkedIn when I became an entrepreneur because like I wasn't looking for a job. But now that it is hot again, I'm like, okay, now I got to go back into LinkedIn. Yeah. Ladies, don't sleep on LinkedIn. And the other thing too is I, almost every single one of my clients, I have them start a personal website. I do think that you should have a personal brand. And there's no excuse like Wix and Squarespace, all of these, they have like canned websites. Like all you got to do is buy it, swap out a couple of pictures and maybe, you know, go to chat GPT and have it write you some content of like, here's my resume, pull out five bullets that are high yield impact or keyword and pop that in and pay the $10 a month and have your own website. Because the thing is, there will be a job that comes that you really want and you need to stand out as a candidate. And it's like they say, the extra mile is never crowded. 
So like, if you're somebody who's like, here's my resume that looks incredible. Here's my LinkedIn that looks amazing. Here's my social media. I think you should have a public Instagram account. And this is curated for HR and recruiters to see. So it's like, here's me walking my dog. Here's me eating a healthy salad. Here's me not being drunk. You know, here's me all of these things, right? Like keep yours with your baby pictures and all of that stuff personal, but have a public one and then also have a website. Because the thing with social media is that if you don't have that, like if you're like, well, I'm just going to keep everything private, it is a red flag. 73% of recruiters expect to see social media. And if you don't spoon feed it to them, they will Google it. They will probably come along and see some other chick who is in bikini tops with Bud Light, you know, all of this stuff. And they're going to be like, oh, that's Tara Clark. Oh, that's Liz Pearson. No, honey, it's not. So when you have a hyperlink on your resume to your social media, you're coming in saying, this is me. I'm a wonderful cultural fit. This is all I have to offer. And they don't have to dig. And there, there's going to be a sense of immediate trust just because you're being so forthcoming with everything. That's incredible advice. I want to talk about career confinement, your book. You you referenced it earlier, but I want to like w- walk me through it a little bit. Tell me a little bit about some of the key takeaways. Yeah. Well, I was having such a fun time coaching all of these incredible women, mostly in the C-suite, our women that I work with are founders. And I started to think about a lot of their current circumstances, right? Like one was like 55. She felt like she was kind of like being quote unquote put to pasture, like at her company, she wasn't getting the good projects anymore. Another one at work was being called, you know, an ice queen. She's too brutal. She's too blunt. I mean, this is what they label us when we're direct, right? Another one was like at home with a two-year-old and really wanted to like go back to work. And we started working together and then boom, she gets pregnant. And she calls me crying and she's like, we have to stop. Like, I can't, uh, we have to pause this. I'm like, what are you talking about? Why would we pause this? She's like, well, I can't look for a job right now. Like I'm pregnant. And I think by this time, she's like four months. I'm like, nope, that's none of their business. And we are absolutely going to do it. Yada, yada, yada. Got her a job making, it was like 75% more than she had on her previous base. And she, I told her, don't tell them anything. She shows up to the very first work conference in Texas and she's just like eight months pregnant. And they took a beat. It was like a day. And then they came around and they were fine with it. And then after her mat leave, she crushed it. Right. So, and she's great. Got promoted. They reload her. So like, it's these stories that I wanted people to be able to read in a $15 book. If you can't afford to work with a high level coach, I think books are great. You can get it at the library for free. You know what I mean? Like I'm all about providing resources to women so that they can identify with one of these 13 stories in here. And then have the tools like the book goes through spiritual tools you can do and career tools, right? And so it really, it's kind of that alignment of like spirit and tactical. So like some chapters are going to be focused on resume and some chapters are going to be focused on how to use an Oracle deck. Like, so it's That's amazing because kind of like you never together. see that together in a book. Yeah, because evidently publishers don't allow it. <laughs> so unless you just, you know, say I'm doing it anyway. And so then when it went to stores, like which shelf did they put it on? Well, I love me some Gabby Bernstein and they put me yeah. next to Gabby Bernstein. So I oh. ain't going to balk at that. So there you go. I, <laughs> here's the beauty of it is you can get two placements. So they have some of my books over in business and then some of them in self-development. 
it's a great way to get an end cap as well, because they don't really know where to put you. The other thing for people who just wrote a book is like, go do book signings because they buy like 30 books, you know, they'll buy a few cases of books and then you just have it and they're going to kind of give you an end cap for a while. So that's a whole other, we could talk about how to get published and like all the things to do once you do. But I just really think that women have stories that need to be heard. And that was really why the book was born was because I just felt like, unless you stumbled upon my website and read some of the testimonials, which, you know, when you're in the C-suite, you're not going to really write on somebody's website because I have their pictures linked to their LinkedIn so people know it's real. You're not going to put, my life was a disaster and I was about to get divorced and I was drinking too much and now I'm in a new job. You know, you're just going to say, oh, great results. So the book was a way where I could hide their identity and then put all of that in there so that women could really feel like they weren't alone. What's one of your favorite stories from it? Oh my God. I think one of my favorite stories, and she was one of my first clients, she came to me and she was early forties, lived in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Like, I don't even know the name of it. And she was selling windows door to door, Tara, because she had worked at the university, hated it, quit. She'd been home a couple months and she was starting to feel some pressure from her husband to like be a financial contributor. So, I mean, you talk about, she really sunk deep. And one day somebody tried to sell her windows and said, hey, you know, if you need some work, this is great work. Well, imagine driving and going door to door in Minnesota in the winter to sell windows. So she called me and she's like, I can't, she called it knocking. I can't do this knocking anymore. Like every day I cry in my car. I don't want to get out. And frankly, it was kind of dangerous, right? Like, yes, she's a cute woman. And I said, okay, well, what do you want to do? And she goes, I don't even want to tell you because you're going to laugh, but I would love to like model and be in commercials. And I was like, really? And she had like a really, she was gorgeous, but like had a really unique, she was like a unique beauty, if you will. And so I think it took us three months to get her two modeling agents. She got a Target ad and she got a few other ads. And now like she actually just DM'd me. She was on a yacht in Italy with somebody last summer, got a divorce from her husband moved in with her parents for like a year. So it's not always just like a upward climb. Like she had some bumps. Sure. But homegirl is living her dream. Like she is out here. Oh yeah. She's in commercials and in ads. And she's like, she was 43. This was like five years ago. And in the middle of nowhere, like it can be done. ladies. Like no matter there's no dream too big. That's an incredible story. That might be my favorite story too. That's wild. It's so fun. I get to live vicariously through all of these people. Like I've had women start cosmetics lines that are big now. Like I can't really name them for confidential, but they're huge. And they just came and they were like, I really like makeup. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's figure that out. You know, like, so I think like you just need people like a support system. You need to trust yourself. Like ladies start taking some risks. Like, we, we can't like take one small risk every day if you can, even if it's just talking to somebody in Starbucks that you wouldn't normally talk to. Like so many women feel isolated. We were talking about this when you were a guest on my show, like the isolation is real. And I don't know about you, but I'm at Starbucks looking for buddies because if you're at Starbucks and yoga pants and a top knot and kind of a hot mess, I want to be your friend. And nobody's walking up to me asking if we can be friends. So I feel like I just need to start walking up to people at Target or these places that I go and being like, what's your story? Why is that your favorite drink? You know, because I bet these chicks need friends too. 
I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. I'm always quick to, I mean, does it surprise you? I'm always quick to walk up to people and start chatting with them. Much to my son's chagrin. He's like, oh, mom, stop talking to people. (laughs) Stop it. Or uh, I always call people by their name if they're wearing a name tag, like at, you know, Starbucks or something. And he's like, please don't call them their name. I'm like, but they're wearing a name tag. But I I, I, I don't know. That's just my own thing. (laughs) But Liz, what do you think, and you're right, we mentioned about the loneliness and the isolation. What do you think is one of the biggest modern mom problems out there right now? Oh, I think it's the judgment. I think it's judgment. I think we need to just really stop the finger wagging. And I think a lot of people are going to assume I'm talking about judging each other. It's judging ourselves. It's judging our thighs. It's judging what we sent our kid to school in. It's judging the car not being spick and span. Like, it's this judgment of ourselves. And I feel like it's just relentless. And a lot of women that I talk to, I'm like, sweetheart, you're pointing the gun at yourself. Like it's not, I don't even think there's that many people judging you because we're all too busy judging ourselves to care about anybody else. But it's this internal talk track. And in the book, there's a bunch of resources, but some that people can look at are EFT tapping is great at overriding your subconscious mind. There's this technique, if you Google it, it's called the, the havening technique. And it's it's little things you can do, like while you're saying things to yourself that don't feel good, like when you're in f- fight or flight, you can literally like just like rub down the length of your arms as you're saying these things or rock yourself and it will calm you. And I think that we need to start noticing when you know, the negative Nancy in our head has kind of like taken over. She's at the wheel now. We need to know that she's there and very politely say, thank you so much for trying to protect me, but I don't need that anymore. You know, it's the, this, this survival brain, this scarcity mindset came probably when you were a kid, because let's face it, every kid has some trauma. So it like dropped a pin in your brain and said, yep, remember this. So that next time you can protect yourself and be safe. But our brain is filled with all these drop pins that we don't need anymore. Like we can't just keep going back to them. So I think really explore like EMDR therapy, hypnosis worked really well for me with a bunch of stuff. Like I think we need to get out of our head a little bit, do some Reiki, do some cranial sacral therapy, go sit in a sauna for an hour, like do something to kind of break up this routine and identify some thought patterns that aren't working for you. Because I really do think it's the self-judgment that is keeping us in the cages. Yeah, I I agree. They're the self-imposed cages of mediocrity. Yes. I love it. Yeah. And the door isn't locked. It never has been. It's an illusion. Anytime we want. It's an illusion. illusion. And guess what? Our kids are watching us live in it. That's the big thing too. Like I, I always kind of put it back on myself and moms is like, you're not getting away with anything. Your kids are watching you say, you can be anything you want when you grow up. Oh, you want to be like Simone Biles? Sure. You know, all this stuff. And then you're dragging to work every day, you know, and then coming home and like emailing while you're making dinner or like doing more emails after the kids go to bed. Like we're total hypocrites. Like that was a big piece of my awakening was my daughter saying to me when I was leaving for a work trip. And I was starting to cry because I wasn't going to be there when she woke up. Like, well, why are you doing that? And I'm like, because I have to make money, baby. It's mommy's job. She's like, but you told me I could do anything. Like, why do you have to do stuff you don't want to do? And I was like, oh, girlfriend. You know, it was like, boom. It just, had just come right back at me. But 
I think all of our kids see it and feel it. They maybe just don't say it, but like do it for your kids, if not for you. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth, where can we find you online? Where can we pick up your book? Yeah, it's super easy. It's just elizabethpearson.com. And there's links on my website to everything, but the book is on Amazon. I think it's like super cheap too. Like the Audible, I love to listen to books as I'm walking in the morning. It's called Career Confinement, How to Free Yourself, Find Your Guides, which are your spirit guides, and Seize the Fire of Inspired Work. And on Instagram, I'm at Coach Elizabeth Pearson. I love it. I love it. Everyone go follow her, buy her book, and get in touch with yourself. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.